back, everybody. Clubhouse doors are open, and it's officially time for another episode of the Club Cool Podcast. I am your host, Barrett Dudley, and we are back for our second installment of this pod at the new Washed Studio. Guess who I'm joined by today? Well, you were right. It's none other than Phil Battaglia. What's going on, Phil? Yo, yo. How does uh, how does it feel to be back? Feels great. Thank yeah. you for that intro. That You're was... welcome. You're welcome. I I wanted to give you. I wanted Something. to tease you a little bit. You know, <laughs> like uh, just uh, keep them guessing out yeah. there. They just you you never. They were know. hoping for somebody else. <laughs> no, no. Of course they were not. Of course, never, never. Um, you know the the uh, the studio here, Washed Media HQ, just uh, keeps getting better. You, you, I, I just I keep noticing new new things pop up. Just really shows you. Uh, you know how quickly everything is is coming together. Like mm-hmm. today, I walked in and a uh, bunch of cases of Waterloo sitting out there. Wow! You know, and that's really like a, a surefire sign of a of a startup on its way. Uh huh. Have you had the strawberry? I'm not down with it. No, no. Oh, I think it's I think it is excellent. I, <laughs> I just don't like flavored water. Oh yeah, you're a no flavor in yeah. your sparkling water guy. I'm a rambler. I know, guy. You're a rambler guy. Yeah, we've done a whole podcast about it. If you're interested <laughs> in if you're interested in like 45 straight minutes of sparkling water talk, it's available. It is available. Oh man, it's suspenseful. Wherever you are wherever you are uh listening to the podcast right now, it's it's in the catalog. Um you know, we may have to come in one morning really early just so that we can use this DeLonghi uh-huh. coffee pot. DeLonghi. DeLonghi coffee pot that they got out there. Yeah, it's got all the bells and whistles. It's not something that I'm familiar with. I mean, it, but it is a DeLonghi, so you know it's good. Lavaza coffee. Lavaza coffee. Looks yeah, I've, good. That, that's something, that's a brand name that I recognize. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, yeah, we'd need a little tutorial on how to run that thing. Probably, probably. I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to. Make a mess. In the, we got uh, a coffee machine um, after we got married that has the espresso, mm-hmm. the the wand, the, the espresso wand. wand. It has the 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 uh, the thing where you can froth the milk, right. steam it. Right. Yeah. I mean, I can't tell you the last time I used it. <laughs> yeah, that's, it's been years. That's always the always the issue. Yeah. With the fancier high end coffee appliances that you can bring into your home, uh-huh. is that you're just always going to use. Like the regular ass coffee pot, <laughs> <laughs> always, always. Yeah, it seems so sexy and so nice. You go like we went to Europe and everybody's over. Like every single Airbnb that we were in had an espresso machine, mm-hmm. and I was like, man, we're getting one. Have to have one. Yeah. And then I want like an actual cup of coffee. Yeah. Although Nespresso now has that Nespresso. Nespresso. You can just do a regular. You can do coffee a cup. Pot. Yeah. But yeah, I mean the thing like it's the thing about it is it, you always it, this is like my there's a, there's a the, the Tatsuya restaurants. Did we already talk about this? Did we talk we, about dip, you dip, mentioned dip Tatsuya? Tatsuya. Yeah. Well, I, the, like I, my issue with fondue and hot pot is that you're paying a lot of money to cook your own food. <laughs> and like yeah. I'm going to nice restaurants uh. and spending money in a in large part, so that I don't have to cook. Yeah, you're just sitting there enjoying yourself. I'm just enjoying myself. Well, that's so an I don't experience. Wanna, so I don't want to do the work, and that's what I think factors into having an espresso machine at home, or having something nice, or having something where you steam the milk, or can make a latte, or do all this stuff. It's like you're adding like 15 minutes of work. Yeah. yeah. To to, you know, to your to your itinerary there. How is the dip? so you're definitely not doing that before work, and on a Saturday it's no. like. Is I don't know. I don't want to spend my t- time creating 
some fancy lavender oat milk latte. <laughs> I'd rather just go to a cool coffee shop and have, have somebody do, do that for me that knows what they're doing. How is the dipping process? I've never done it. Well, I've actually never been to Dip Dip. I've never been to a fondue place. Okay. So you get, the, the, you get uh, you know, there, there's different things. You can either get like the little grill plate, yeah. which is not hot pot. That's something else. Uh, hot pot slash fondue, you get like a little bowl, like a, like a metal bowl thing that has very hot water in it. Yeah. To the point of, I guess it's like simmering, basically. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And then you stab with these little long fork skewer things, mm-hmm. various meats, and then you <clears throat> drop it into the hot pot to cook. I see. Yeah. And then you pull it out and you eat it. Well. It's pretty wild. I mean, yeah. it's people people out there, they're liking it. You know, I guess it just falls into the whole like experience thing. Have you had fondue? Oh, just recently. I had fondue in Breckenridge, Colorado. Wow. Yeah. The whole shebang. Was it good? Yeah, it was Okay. Like I like I, it's a lot of cheese. It was enjoyable. The cheese was probably the best part. <laughs> you know they give you stale bread. It's stale bread basically. On purpose? Yeah, because if you give if you get fresh bread and the hot cheese it just immediately falls apart. Oh. It's not like stale stale. It's not like disgusting like yeah. 2 weeks old bread. It's just like <clears throat> it's not fresh right out the oven mm-hmm. bread. It's bread that's a couple days old. Has a little structure. Has a little body on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, I don't know. I'd like to try it. It seems like we're not talking like queso here, right? It's a particular type of cheese. It's in the same it's, family. It's, it's not Velveeta. It's not Jack it, cheese yeah, yeah. melted with like the same type of ingredients and in, in accoutrement. But it's a big, big ass bowl of melted <laughs> cheese. <laughs> what else? <laughs> Do you have any you chips? Are, and you are dipping a. <laughs> <laughs> You're dipping a, a carbohydrate into it. No chips, though. You, they, you don't get chips. I thought that's about asking for upon. tortilla chips. Yeah, though. I'm sure that's yeah. frowned upon. <laughs> yeah. They may have taken, um, you know, as that is a slight, had I asked for some Tostitos. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, man. Wow, that was a long aside. Where, that's where, all right. where, where were we going with that? Oh, just <laughs> the office. The office. Yeah. I feel like they've added one or two uh, sound panels here. Yeah, it sounds a little um, bit tighter in here, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, just a little bit tighter. When when I was sitting here before you came in, it just it was like it's like a dead silence, you know, where you can yeah. hear hear your like the almost like the the nothingness in your ears. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, while we're just off on tangents here, real quick, did you see see this thing that came out yesterday? Started as a tweet, went viral. There's been a little bit more about it about how not everybody has an inner monologue. Really? Yeah, and this was this was making people's brains melt. An inner monologue as to talking to yourself, but yes, silently? yes. So, and again, it it's it's so difficult to kind of like wrap your head around because I think a lot of people take it for granted in a way, I guess, or it's it's something that's just biologically like natural, right? Yeah. yeah. So I don't completely understand what not having it entails. Because, like, if you don't have an inner monologue, like, how do you read? Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Like, when, I, when I'm when i reading a tweet or a book or anything, a stop sign, like, I hear I can hear that word in my head. Mm-hmm. So, if you, isn't that, isn't that an inner monologue? Like, if you can, if you can close your eyes, not say anything, and you can say a word in your head to yourself, that's an inner monologue, right? That's interesting. And I don't think some people... So apparently, like some people do not do this, 
cannot or, or don't have this their brain is like doesn't function that way it functions in a different way that is mind-blowing and also the people that can't remember faces that they don't they don't they're mm-hmm. just face blind yeah that also just throws me well and there's there's other kind of similar stuff right like i want to say um no aphasia is when you lose the ability to express speech that's like after a traumatic brain injury but there are other there are other versions of this like uh not being able to um dang what are some of the other ones oh like some people see uh sound as like colors yeah right stuff like that pharrell i think kanye it was on his cribs Oh, was it? Yeah, really? he had a, a, a like a painting of his what he sees as far as some song that, that at that time huh. was big. Yeah. Anyway, so that was that was a pretty crazy thing. Well, Dylan's colorblind. Dylan is colorblind. That's right. We need to get a video of him getting some of those sunglasses, those it, glasses. Yeah, that, like, and then have a have it go viral. Yeah, because he, those are good. <laughs> I'll watch them. <laughs> I do, man. The the people like the, the 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 ones that get me are like the kids. And then the old people that have gone their entire lives without being able to see, like, the color of the flag. Or... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, there's uh, there's some wild, wild brain busters out there on the web this week. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, guess what? What? We put out our under $50 list. The best stuff on the internet that you can find under $50. It's on patreon.com slash club cool, where our group is getting dangerously close to 200 people Ooh, we're only 20 people away so that's like point zero 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 one percent of the people that listen to this podcast correct um and so just a few just a few more of you guys need to jump in there and let us hit that big that big two double zero and that is going to be quite an exciting day oh yeah we'll have a I special podcast i don't know what we're going to do to celebrate but but yeah maybe we'll have a very special podcast mm-hmm. maybe we'll have to put out a bonus spot or something i don't know but get in there it's two dollars a month you have nothing to lose that's far less than your lavender oat milk latte which somebody else will um make for you it really is it's probably half price oh easy easy pour overs cost six bucks these days good god tell you what um, so that's exciting. Patreon.com slash club cool. $2 a month. You join now. I, I mean, I, don't join now. You might as well join February 1st. Yeah. Cause then you won't get charged till March. If you <laughs> want to play the system. Yeah. You know, go join February 1st. Don't get charged for a whole month. <laughs> get all the content that we've ever put out, all of our lists and get all the future editorials, all the future lists. Who doesn't love lists? Did you like that list? <laughs> I loved it. Yeah. My contribution was pretty bad this week. No, it was great. This who doesn't who doesn't need great inexpensive products that lift up and maintain your face? Correct. Don't say what it is. I won't. Don't but worry. it is it's very beneficial <laughs> to one's morning and or night routine for, I've keep, enjoyed for the hell out of it. keeping a uh, a fresh face, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Other exciting news. Um the circling back squad is coming on the pod next week. We're doing a full ski episode. Wow. Yeah. See, that's something I have zero to contribute to. Right, right. Well, that's why I'm bringing them in. That's why I'm getting booted. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to talk about... I mean, it's going to be... We're going to keep keep it largely style-focused about... You, you were in Breckenridge. They just, just got recently, back from yeah. Breckenridge. That's right. That's right. Y'all have got plenty to talk gonna about. We're going to talk about the hottest looks out there on the mountain. Mm. 
the worst looks out there on the mountain, the biggest gapers that we saw, uh, you know, got it. That's a weird word. What the hell is that about? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it can have several meanings, Phil. Um, but as it relates to skiing, yeah, it's what the locals call people that are obviously tourists on the mountain. And Mm. the, the, the reason that they're called that is because of the, it's, it's the gap in between one's, uh, goggles and their helmet <laughs> oh really yeah so if you're like a, it, you know if you're out there just looking like a dorcas maximus and you've got your helmet on a little bit too far back and your goggles aren't quite affixed right and you've and you've got that oh, gap no. right there and that, that's, the, that's that's the gape you're a gaper yeah and then you end up with a really bad tan <laughs> you can yes so um yeah that's good to know yeah we'll talk about all sorts of stuff we'll talk about uh ski trip essentials and just the best way to uh, to bring your vibe and and your aesthetic with you when you're mm-hmm. when you're lodging it up, right? Yes. And um, yeah. Dave also he's got a new pair of Jordans. He hit up StockX. He got some new Jordans. He's probably gonna he's probably gonna chat us chat with us about that. It's just it's synergy, you know. That's mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. what I'm going for with with next week. All very good. All just synergy. Um, once again, this is the Club Cool Podcast, and. We reside at the intersection of style and pop culture. And uh, on the pop culture front, this has been a horrifyingly sad week. So uh, where we're going to jump in, we're going to talk. I know it's been, you know, it's been many, many days uh, or several days now since the um, tragic death of Kobe Bryant, but... I feel like this is we have we gotta we gotta talk a little bit about this because it is so uh, for me anyway as a 33 year old sports fan this has been one of the most devastating deaths that I can remember like in my lifetime dude so I was just thinking that and. Like, it's still hard to believe. Like, it's one of those where I, I still can't believe it when somebody says Kobe Bryant died in a helicopter. I, I Every time I see a photo on Instagram or see another column come out or, like, attempt to wrap my head around the facts that he is gone, mm-hmm. it it does not make sense. It doesn't. And it's it, it's just, like, I've been, I've been trying to think about, you know, just, like, what to say about it and, and how to kind of express where I was at with it and, and over, over Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, like as it's become, you know, as I've sat with it a little bit, I feel like I have less and less to say, which is also kind of weird, but I don't know if that's just because I'm like trying to bury the whole thing or if it's just because you've, you've kind of started the moving on process. But, uh, I also think that, you know, for, for people our age, like this is so affecting And it's been helpful for me to like listen to other people talk about it and to listen to some of the sports writers and check out some other podcasts and just kind of like hear how they're feeling. And then on top of that, kind of like listen to the, to the various things about his legacy, both good and bad, just all of the above. But just first and foremost, and this is something that I have not seen mentioned except for, I think on Reddit and whoever said this, I think got called out pretty bad because it's a weird comparison but i'm gonna make it anyways because it is how i felt on sunday and that is that 
so just to, to, to frame it up for you on Sunday, my parents were in town. We were doing yard work at the house. We were working on, um, trimming crepe myrtles Mm -hmm. actually. And then trimming trees in the backyard and, uh, pulling out plants from the ground. Just, you know, your, your general yard stuff. And I hadn't looked at my phone in a second, several minutes. It had buzzed many times. And I look down and I see like three push notifications reporting mm-hmm. that Kobe Bryant has died in a helicopter accident. And it like I, I was I was like borderline faint. Yeah. From the information. <laughs> like that is like it absolutely floored me. And it like this was like rush to the TV and find a news station that had more information about this. And the only thing that I could relate it to, and like the like the pit in your stomach, like what is happening? This makes no sense. Is September 11th? I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, yeah. And I don't want to. I by no means am I saying that the death of nine people in a freak helicopter accident accident is the is equivalent to a massive act of of global terrorism that killed. 3,000 innocent Americans. Like, they're not the same. One is way, way scarier and worse than the other. But the the way that I felt on the morning of September 11th, like, basically, like, trying to grip something that made zero sense to me, I had not had that feeling again until Sunday. Mm -hmm. And it was just, like... What's been interesting is trying to piece together why Kobe Bryant's death like made me feel that like severe wave of kind of just disbelief essentially and shock. Um, because before before the incident, if somebody had been like, "Who would be the who who would be like the 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 weirdest like craziest?" biggest star to pass that would just like level you Mm -hmm. i don't think i would have said kobe no but we're not in la we we, we're not like huge la fans but in hindsight like once you start stacking up the pieces it 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 makes a lot of sense why it is so affecting and i'm not sure now in hindsight i don't know who i could say that that i that i think would have the same type of impact Add to all of this, it's always a it's it's a major major difference when somebody dies doing something routine in a in in a terrible tragic accident as opposed to overdosing or killing themselves or like you know die like I, I feel in in pop culture and entertainment most of the time when somebody passes and it's kind of unexpected. It's you. It's usually in a situation where they had control, mm-hmm. right? Where they, they 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 drunk driving or overdosing or suicide. It's like one of those things. So we're we're a little bit desensitized to people going out like that, mm-hmm. and it's, and that that usually comes down to uh, like th- that. That's usually like musicians actors artists creatives that type of that type of person you com- you contrast that with athletes who are 
physical specimens who are super fit and super healthy generally, who have these playing careers and then they go on and they're kind of like fixtures in your post sports life, right? In 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 the they're 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 part of teams or they are GMs or they're uh, broadcast personalities or they're in the booth. You know, they they these big big stars like that, like Kobe Bryant or Peyton Manning. They have these iconic careers and then they stick with you in this almost like, you know, they're the old timers. They're kind of like have this fatherly vibe about them and they, they get to enjoy this kind of post-retirement twilight. And Kobe was just, he was the guy that was supposed to get to do that. And in some of the first stuff that I saw on TV, it was, it, you, you know, I think it was from a, do, a previous uh, special or documentary on Kobe and it was... Uh, um, George Gervin and Dr. J and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and like these guys and these, you know, they're old, but they're still, they're tall and they've got the gray hair and, you know, they're, they're seasoned dudes that have seen all of their life and they're talking about Kobe. And it, it it just like, that was supposed to be him. He was go he, that he would have been that dude talking about the young guys 20 years from now. Mm Mm-hmm. He was also clearly like having this kind of second act. He was at games courtside with the daughter that died with him and had just won an Oscar a year or two ago. So it's just like all these things, like not not only was he a five-time champion, probably the greatest player of our generation, immortalized with the Kobe uh, wastebasket toss on Chappelle's show. He was like just starting this second act he died in this way that makes no sense to us where he had no control. That's just like this total horrifying incident that makes you reckon with your own mortality. And it just like all builds up to just be this, like this devastating moment in celebrity death, you know? And, but it's just been, it's been something to, it's been really something to watch everybody kind of try to reckon with this. And it's just, it, it, I don't know. It's just, uh, it's been pretty crazy. Yeah. And the only thing I'll add is like everything that you said, but like the being one thing you said about being desensitized to all, like all celebrity deaths and stuff. Like there was other people that have played throughout my life and like our generation, big roles have been around, were very important to like our upbringing, Prince, Michael Jackson, um, Tom Petty, mm-hmm. all, I mean, all artists, yep. but when you hear about them tragically dying overnight, it's like, well, that's terrible. Yeah. But not like this, man. This was nuts. And like, when I first heard about it, we were driving back from Dripping Springs and Ashley had seen it on her phone. And I was, I was like, there's no way yeah, that, that right. doesn't seem right. That right. There's no way that's right. Um, maybe that's like a fake story that's come across and yep. then she kept seeing it again and again. And like, I had to pull over to look on Twitter I mean, it it it's weird to think about, and to continue to think about. Like I've, it's just going out in that way, and what sucks the most. It would have been horribly tragic had it just been Kobe in that helicopter with yep. the pilot or whatever. But the fact that he was just like a couple weeks ago sitting courtside with his daughter, yeah, and that was all over the press, yeah. And she's in there with him. It's a helicopter crash. 
going to her game. I mean, everything combined is just yeah. gut wrenching. With other girls, yeah. on her team with their parents. Oh God! Like the it, it's the worst. It, it is, yeah. And 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 I mean, it just makes you think about like a whole. I, I don't know. I, I I just I'm I'm just kind of all over with the place with this because it's like, you know, is it is it okay for us to to be so kind of affected by the death of somebody that we didn't know when r- regular people yeah die hor- in horrific ways mm-hmm. all over the world every single day and we don't think twice about it yeah mm-hmm. and I I mean it, I I think it is because. As humans, and especially as Americans, like sports and pop culture are integral pieces of our daily lives. Mm-hmm. And I think that's also why athletes, especially, why they mean so much and why when they die, it's weird for us because musicians and creatives and actors, like, they they don't they don't become as much as a, like as much a part of our daily lives mm-hmm. right like leonardo dicaprio pops up in one or two movies a year and then he might take a year off right and then we might see a couple of tabloid stories about him and then he'll be on a few red carpets for award shows right it's like we watched kobe bryant play 82 games for 20 years mm-hmm. and do press conferences after every single one He's the and be in the Olympics three times and, or two two or three times yeah. and be in endorsements all over the place right. and release 50 different Nike shoes. Like athletes are just in your life to a far larger degree and you get emotionally connected to them. You love them or hate them. No more so than with a guy like Kobe who was extremely polarizing for a vast majority of his playing career. You know, so it's, it's uh, I, I don't think it's crazy that that the death of of celebrities and athletes kind of like just kind of hits this hits this bone in our body in a weird way especially again when they go out in such just like unfathomable fashion it just gives me chills too because it brings it <clears throat> you know with these artists that are like ODing after like big nights out mm-hmm. and like have like all this it's a whole different life now traveling on private helicopters also a different life however yeah. still it, it's it's still a bit more uh i guess like real world when somebody's in either a car crash like that or yeah. um bob simon was this correspondent on 60 minutes legendary he died um it was a few years ago, but in like in New York City in a car crash, just one night. Same with Princess Diana. These things that are just, they're still so, I don't know. It's just tangible for because you're in a car pretty much every day of your life. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then for them to go out like that, just in like a blink of an eye, it's crazy. Yeah. When I, I my mom was, was here on, on Sunday. And so we talked a little bit about it. And Princess Diana was the was the was the only other like celebrity passing in kind of our modern lives that she could remember that had this type of yeah feel to it. Even Robin Williams. I mean, everybody loved Robin Williams. Sure, but again, it, yeah, it's not like it's the not hugest. 
it's it was a shock, but not like something like this. That's just yeah, a well, freak you, accident. And you, you you have there is something, there is something, you know, as awful as as any death is, and especially suicide because of the way that it affects loved ones and friends and family members in in a whole different set of ways. But it's like there's comfort in no there's a little bit of weird comfort in knowing that that like they were in control. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. So yeah. it's because that doesn't that doesn't make you face the same scary challenge that like y- your time can literally be over mm-hmm. at any moment of any second of the day. Mm-hmm. Something totally out of your control, just total one in a million chance can happen and you and it's just it's just over. And the fact that that applies to people that we consider icons and and worship to a degree that they're susceptible to that as well just hammers it home even more for us that it's it's just all over in 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 a split second and you might never see it coming. Yeah. So um I think that's I think that's about all the 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 depressing thoughts that I have uh <laughs> on the situation. I'll I'll just I'll add a a brief moment of of levity here and say that I was never really a helicopter guy. I've never been in a helicopter. I've never been in one. <laughs> um, my number one like thing that I'll never travel on has always been a cruise. Like I'm I'm big anti cruise. Are guy. you for what reason? Uh, how much time you got? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just don't want to get on a cruise because that's not my vibe. But my, my, are you scared of it sinking? My number one reason for not wanting to do a cruise is because, and I, I think I've talked about this on this on this podcast, but I have a I have a strange relationship with any type of authority or authoritative presence restricting when and where I can go and how much time I can spend there. While on vacation or just in general? In general. Ah. But the, this is why I never went to summer camp. Yeah. I didn't want somebody being like, you're yeah. up at 8.30, uh-huh. breakfast is at 9, uh-huh. and then today you are doing boats from 11 to 1, and then it is lunchtime, and then you will do this, and then you will be in bed by 10. Uh-huh. Like That type of forced structure, even when it's fun stuff, is a no for me. And when so we that, blow that, that horn, you better get your ass back on yes, this boat. Right. Like, on to well, the next stop. Well, what if I want to stay here? What if I like this place? What Too if I don't want to go to the next place? Too bad. You know what I mean? Second of all, it is just a breeding ground for viruses. Ugh, it is. Like, you want to get coronavirus? Yeah. Go on a cruise ship. Uh-huh. Norovirus is literally a virus that started, like, I think that norovirus is a cruise ship virus. <laughs> <laughs> I feel the same way about airplanes. A little bit of, fo- a little bit of food gets poisoned on a cruise ship. All 8,000 of you, you're going down. Uh, dude, airplanes are disgusting. I be- by the way, I believe that there is news today that there is a cruise ship quarantined for coronavirus. No way. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm 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 using the Google machine right now. Coronacruise.com. Okay. Tell me tell me why you why why I hate airplanes? Oh, you feel the same way about airplanes. I do because said. of the recycled air. And there's oh, always yeah. somebody yeah. in there sneezing, coughing, nasty. And I don't feel good when I get off an airplane. No, nobody does. No. Maybe you should be, are you a, maybe you should be a mask guy. Oh, I've thought about it. Believe me, I've thought about it. I've looked into like high-end masks so I don't look too creepy. Oh, like an off-white one? Yes. <laughs> 6,600 people held on cruise ship after passenger developed suspected coronavirus Oh, you got to throw him overboard. <laughs> um, 
yeah, so there's just there a lot of reasons why I, I don't want to be on a cruise. I agree. But helicopters That wasn't my reason though for people the structure. I, that's that's new, but helicopters I just don't like cruises. may have jumped to number 1 of really? just like things I'm not getting on. I tell you what, we took a pretty gnarly flight when we were on our honeymoon in Costa Rica and I'm not scared of flying at all. But you have to take a smaller little mm-hmm. prop plane yep. to get to where we were going. Yeah. <clears throat> and now thinking about it after this, <clears throat> excuse me. We never got out of the clouds. We there was no visibility until we got either below the the plane was not mm-hmm. going above. And it just seemed perfectly normal at the time, but th- uh this has now got me freaked out. Yeah. So are you familiar with like VFR versus IFR? Is this visual, some sort of flying mechanism? Yeah, visual flight rules versus instrument flight rules? No, but th- before you get into that, that's what set me at ease during that flight. It's because it's such a small plane. You can see everything they're doing up there. Mm-hmm. It was all autopilot from the moment we took off. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, well, yeah. they're not flying this thing. So for any type of commercial aircraft that you're ever on, all of the pirate pilots are big time IFR rated, instrument flight rules uh-huh, uh-huh. rated. Uh, and that just means that when, and you have to be, if you're going to go over basically like 15,000 feet in an airplane, you have to be, mm-hmm. and that means that you have to be able to fly that plane and get it to its destination and do everything in it. Take it, take off, land it, fly it, turn it, follow the map, avoid other planes, everything. Spin it. By, by looking at nothing but the instruments in the cockpit. Man, that'd be so difficult. It's so it, yeah, it's it's crazy to think about. Mm-hmm. Visual flight rules is typically when you see little prop jets yeah. up in the air in your city <clears throat> or news helicopters flying around on a sunny day. They don't need to use the instruments. That's VFR rules, visual visual flight rules, and it just means that you can use landmarks and streets, and you can see the topography and the 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 terrain. And you can use your your own vision to navigate and fly about and get to your destination and take off and land. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned the clouds and the like. The uh, I can pull up a picture and, and show you, but the reason that IFR is so freaking important is because when you are in clouds, especially like the layers where you're in like one cloud cover and then there's airspace and then another cloud cover, mm-hmm. it is extremely easy to get so disoriented that you don't know which way is up and which way is down. Yikes. Yeah. So I, 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 I'm not going to make every, I'm not going to like put everybody onto like the visuals of what may, what may or may not have happened with the helicopter in Calabasas, but the fog got really, really bad. And this flight had been approved to fly under special visual flight rules. And there's almost no question that they got to a, they got into a situation where they needed instrument flight rules and they weren't ready for it. And so it's just, I mean, it's just, it's terrifying. Ugh. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that will, I'll wrap it up for the Kobe talk and, and, um, I mean, I hope everybody is, is, is out there doing okay with it and, and, Managing to wrap their heads around it in, in whatever way makes sense for you. But it, it's been a weird week. Pretty cool and, how uh, Cuban is retiring yeah, the number. Yeah. Or numbers. Um, 2020, not off to a great start. 
No. Yeah. <laughs> um, we can move on to to lighter stuff, though, Phil. Um, things like coronavirus. And Corona Cruise. <laughs> not getting it. Um, yeah, you can't be too careful out there. Uh, no, but we will we'll take a quick break, and then when we come back, we're going to pick back up where we left off last week in Paris at Fashion Week. We've got a couple more shows that we want to round out, a couple more trends to talk about, a couple more couple more blind items to throw your way, and uh, and then we'll wrap up the pod. So we'll see you in a minute. All right, and we are back. We're ready to talk uh, talk some fashion, pick this pod back up. And uh, we're talking Paris Fashion Week. We did not quite get to cover all of the looks and the shows that we wanted to from last week. There were a lot of good ones. In the meantime, uh, our buddies over at, at John Elliott, they didn't show, but they, they put out a, a, a Fall Winter 20 lookbook. Or I, excuse me, I should say they did not have a fashion show, but they did show in Paris and along with that, they put out their lookbook. Um, and uh, then just a couple other news and notes, pieces of, uh, of style information for you after that. Let's jump in with one of our favorites to talk about, the Rick Owens show. It was, uh, it was big weird, per use. And... Um, I think one of my large takeaways here was that I th- I believe that Rick is attempting to bring back the comically deep V-neck T-shirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Rick is a guy that loves the gym. He loves bodies. He loves muscles, and he and I think that he wants to show off that man cleavage. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, Kanye already tried this. Yeah, that's <laughs> you know, true. Yeah, <laughs> and it wasn't really With ha- the gloves. It, yeah, and it wasn't really happening. So I I I think this is I think this is a no. Um, but up right up your alley, something that was there on the runway were jumpsuits. Yeah, the jumpsuit thing—it's ha- it it's happening. happening, people. It's happening. Get on board. You better get on board. We were early. This train is leaving. We called it. The train is leaving. Nike just dropped out. Just dropped a Miami collection that had a boiler suit in it. Really? It's, it's like sold out in every size except for medium and large already on Nike.com. Al's big deal. Today, they posted on Instagram, they're one week away from a restock of the warm white, along with two new colors. Wow. Um, the, yeah, it, the, w- we talked about the Amiri, the leather one, already. Ricks were cashmere, and they only covered <laughs> one of your legs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, the, the, big, the biggest deal with these, really, I mean, the biggest reason that I wouldn't wear one is just because... I feel like you're going to hang dong real easy in these things. <laughs> Think about how easy it would be to, like, if you had to go to the restroom or something. Yeah, yeah, you're right there. It's just a, it's just one quick pull up, yeah. and 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 you're you're ready to go at the uh-huh. urinal. Uh, inspiration vibes that I saw from this, I, I didn't see these called out in any reviews, but uh, the the character Riff Raff from the Rocky Horror Picture Show, who has long stringy hair and wears like this almost like football. He's he's like yeah. a hunchback, and so he wears this, you know coat like a tailcoat basically mm-hmm. and that's that's i was getting big riffraff vibes not 
the rapper from Texas, but the character from the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Um, a lot of sci-fi in general. Rick does like a lot of raps and a lot of ties, a lot of stuff that kind of reminds me of Ray from Star Wars and assorted other characters. He's also just like a lot of Blade Runner stuff. Everybody looks like they're a uh, a replicant falling out of a slimy piece of tape or whatever, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen any of the Blade Runners? Uh-uh. Yeah, okay. Well, if if you've seen either Blade Runner then uh then then maybe you'll you'll get that one. Um So my my other my only other notes from Rick I tried to, because this is one of the shows that we talk about that is very conceptual, tried to pull something from it that we could maybe say was um, trending a little bit, aside from the jumpsuit movement. And there was some, there were transparent pieces kind of scattered throughout here. I believe a coat, maybe a coat that was reminiscent of uh, Patrick Bateman even. And I'm what I, transparency has been uh, always valuable when you're running a business. And then it moved uh, to s- sneakers, popular popular aesthetic in, in sneaker Have vibes right, right now. now. Yeah, yeah, you got the reacts on. And I'm wondering if like maybe, maybe that's something that we're going to start seeing in clothes a little bit. Either with paneling or like, you know, I've seen like some like bombers that have little cutouts with plastic over them kind of military inspired where like a badge would show through or something like that. Yeah. Um, various, I'm down with that. Various like rain jackets that, yeah. that are a little translucent or clear or something like that. Even if they have pops of color, you know, they can still give that vibe of being see-through. So I think that's something to kind of like pay attention to and, and look out for. Down with that. Can't, can't, um, can't vibe with the full like see-through outfit or like a one, like, like a jacket or a shirt, just mm-hmm. even one piece. It's totally, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'd look, that's a tough one to pull off, man. Yeah. And now, now when I, when I talk about like this kind of, this type of look, I am referring specifically to like the kind of plasticky mm-hmm. nature. Translucent. Translucence, if you will. Having said that, I do think that there is like a sheer thing happening with men's fashion as well. Like whether it's like those like the uh, kind of crochet knit looking tank tops that Amiri's releasing for spring summer 20 uh or I've seen some knits and some some woven shirts from our legacy that you'd like pull on over something that are very sheer uh so and that's that's always kind of been like a mm-hmm. I feel like that's a recurring thing for high fashion is to have some of that stuff but I it, I feel like that's something that could be gradually moving towards streetwear side of things as well um so let's talk about Dior as well. For me, this was the most technically expert show from Paris Fashion Week. And I thought that it was like my it was my favorite capital F fashion show. It's beautiful. And stuff. what I mean by that is just like it is old school fashion fashion. Mm-hmm. Like it's 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 not crazy, but it is conceptual. The t- it's a lot of expert tailoring. They clearly spent an inordinate amount of time on many of the like more couture pieces in this collection. Everything just worked really, really well. It, like you said, it was beautiful, and uh, this was just this was like it felt like a throwback to years where fashion was like very much 
everything trickles down from high fashion. And now so much is like this cross, yeah, cross contamination between streetwear and high fashion and like who's influencing who we're not really sure anymore. And this was like, absolutely like, this is Kim Jones vision. Here's how he sees the current state of things. Let's see how it falls into like, you know, mainstream. I mean, beautiful. And like the only, like this suit is just incredible. And the only thing that's like conceptual and and weird, I guess mm-hmm. quotation marks, is the gloves that everybody's wearing. These massive like debutante gloves. Yeah. So, but the rest of it is it almost is like ready to wear stuff. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And um, you know, it doesn't just melt your mind when you're looking at it, and you're like you you leave there thinking like, what what am I even? What is this? Like Rick Owens. Yes. Yeah. Now I I, I have in my notes here. Uh, you know, because I, I notes in these various shows, I said trending colon uh, here th- for the Dior show. I said not going to trend colon the gloves, <laughs> but it was yeah. it was like it. Not only did it kind of act as like a through line for the collection, something that made every piece kind of feel of a of a kind, if you will. But it was, I mean, it's just like a that's like a it's just a fashion flex. Hey, what if the dudes were debutante gloves? Yeah, but that's not. Nobody, I don't think dudes are going to start wearing um, elbow length silk gloves anytime yeah, soon. It's just not practical, man. It's glove weather. Women are not even wearing those things. It's like Tom Brown put guys in heels yeah. last year. Just like, like straight every up single high heels? Look. Yeah. Like, but but pumps, not a heeled boot right. or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, there were, there, there were some Baroque feeling things, like, like uh, in th- that just old world in a way, mm-hmm. kind of like Renaissance paintings. Uh, the like sweater, yeah, uh huh, yes. The ergonomic cutouts on the Chelsea boots, which I could not tell if they are like actual, like laser cuts, like where you could see the foot or the sock, or if they're just the seam lines on the Chelsea boots. But they're really, really cool. They like follow the line of the foot, oh, basically. Yeah. Those were sick. Um, the 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 on on some jackets and some bombers and on some tailoring. He had basically built in like a scarf yeah, to one side of, of it mm-hmm. kind of hanging out. And that's something that I've even been seeing in like the Japanese Americana type lookbooks where uh, they'll just, or even from like Acne Studios where it's like a big, like almost like blanket style scarf and it's, you just kind of like have it hanging out long, yeah. long yeah. On, on one side of the outfit. Mm-hmm. So I think, think that's something that, that, uh, you know, people will um, start playing with and trying out. Um, yeah, you meant you mentioned the suiting. It, that the, Kim Jones and and uh, Hedy Slimane both are people are guys that like to put suits on the runway. And with with Eddie, it's always like, how sharp can I? How sharp can I perfect a black suit? Mm-hmm. And Kim Jones went a little bit more kind of luxe feeling with it a little bit looser a little bit more luxurious and so i was really down with that and then the finale here of this show was i i don't know if this thing got a standing ovation but i think i would have stood up and and clapped had i been there i'll i'll post this to the instagram at club cool pod but it is just this long a-line coat that is adorned from top to a about a third of the way through and then kind of in a gradient with these sewn on metallic feathers in like a falling feathers type pattern. 
and it makes this dude look like a like a big luxurious you know like a bird cape almost but it is it's nothing short of phenomenal it's something yeah the way i i'm listening i'm thinking back to how i just described that and i know i did not even do it close to justice because the thing is i just made it sound like this dude looks like a big dinosaur bird it's like big bird but it's way 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 better than that oh yeah Um, so so peep the gram and and get a look at that as you're it is like listening to the show almost like a uh a cape or a poncho Mm -hmm. there's there's obviously buttons in there, but they're all hidden, and it is really cool. Yeah, um, I'm sure it's it's reasonably priced. I'm sure. Oh, oh, uh, probably no less or more than uh, fifty to seventy thousand dollars. <laughs> I'm not joking. There was there was a recent article or or editorial piece in GQ from a few months back where they just like picked out some of the menswear uh-huh. kind of custom couture pieces that were. Featured on the runway and probably available to and available to buy if you like called the brand and were like, "Hey, let me have one of the three that you made." Mm-hmm. Dior was featured as one of the pieces, along with uh, with a few other brands, Balmain and, and a couple others. And these were like obvious, you know, these were statement brand pieces that were works of art essentially. Mm-hmm. And they had something like this that was like all handmade, like sewn on to something, and it was like fifty thousand dollars. Perfect. So, Look, I, I didn't realize it came in a shirt version too. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, for those of you on a budget. So I, what, I, what I wanted to bring up, and maybe maybe we'll see this, is a little thing that has started after some of these fashion shows. Uh, the place where I am seeing this happen is a web store called Moda Operandi. And you may recognize that because I just posted a sweet-ass deal a couple of days ago on a pair of Yucatan boots that were available mm-hmm. on deep discount and were super badass from Moda. And... What's happening is these some of the brands are are partnering with Moda and the the runway collection shows and then a week or so later it is available on Moda's site to pre-order and what they're calling a trunk show and by doing this you are ensuring essentially that the piece gets made for you so even if it's something that never goes to like mass production and other stores pick up if you pre-order, you're going to get one and you 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 pay half now and half when it ships. This is incredible. So that I mean if 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 the, if our feather coat makes it over to Moda, mm-hmm. we can just go in together and we can get one right. and then it'll only be like $12,500 for each of us right now. Love it. And then another 12 and a half when it's ready to ship <laughs> in September, Done. October. So really really quite reasonable. Um no, but but this isn't this is really interesting to me and it's something that I imagine that we will start seeing a lot more of. Obviously, the retail landscape has been shifting and shifting quickly. Opening ceremony just recently announced that they're shutting down all of their stores. Uh they're you know, I I reading about various store closings, store closings in Soho, which was once the place where you absolutely had to have a store. Um and I, I just you look at places, and then on the you know, on the high street side of things, you look at places like J Crew that wow, that got themselves in such a bind in large part due to the constant selling of goods on sale. Mm-hmm. So, so I think that I feel like brands are moving in a direction where the kind of the goal is to sell as much as they can at full price, even if that comes with a concession here or there. 
So I think this idea of basically like paying half now and paying half later, but what that means is that you will have a piece as soon as 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 it's available is a, is something that's going to appeal to a lot of people because right. it appeals to me. Like it, it's it now it takes away the instant gratification, but it makes more expensive items feel more approachable and then you have the knowledge that you're definitely going to get it, you're going to get it early and you're going to have it for the entire like season of something. I think that's really interesting and and I'm guessing that it's something that we'll see more of. It's an interesting concept. I mean, just thumbing through the website, they've got some incredible stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't found any steals yet though. No, I mean it's it's all it's it's the, the brands that are so far doing this are certainly higher end ones. Mm-hmm. But it's it's certainly interesting to think about you know, brands on a, on, on a much smaller scale offering something like this. Like I just, I, like I, it's almost like bringing wholesale to the customer in a way. Like just, just thought experiment here, but like, you know, if, if a Howler Brothers customer right now could take a look at the Fall 20 lookbook and they could put half down on anything that they wanted right now and secure their size and their piece and they were going to get it the week that it came out and then they pay half then like i wonder how how interesting that would be to 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 yeah some of the more diehard Haller brothers fans i bet they would get a kick out of that i bet they would i bet there are some people that'd be interested in that but is there a tipping point to where i mean the production cost for people let's say that one item gets pre-ordered like six times and it was already on the shopping block for not making it to the the season mm-hmm you think they'd still do it? I mean, remember, remember what, what, what's your what's your question? Like, if 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 something's not getting ordered very much, if something's not getting, if it's getting pre-ordered, mm-hmm. but it was already on the chopping block as to Howler wasn't sure they were going to actually produce that. It was in the lookbook, available for pre-order. Yeah, because to produce like five of something, sure, that's expensive at that scale. Yeah. It's like it, on a really high end piece where maybe you weren't making many in the to uh, begin with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes more sense, but uh-huh. you're right for for a for our brand, it's not something that would make as much sense. It's like tilt. Remember we used to tilt yeah, designs. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It is. That's yeah. You're right. Chubby's Chubby's, for example, did play around with that, and it's not something I've seen. So maybe it doesn't quite work. It. it on get, the high end scale, it works. I was just about yeah. Yeah. The more you think about it, the more that part of the appeal is kind of like splitting up that chunk payment. Yeah. It, it sent you because basically what you're doing is you're putting it on layaway, but it's two payments instead of four, for example. And for low for lower end gear, it's like the the kind of the the value prop is not the same, right? Like, why do I want to pay? 50 bucks now for something that's going to, that costs a hundred, like, cause the hundred dollar hit won't be that big. Yeah. Maybe, maybe isn't that big of a deal right. when it's finally time. Mm-hmm. So why, so why throw your 50 bucks at it now? I don't know. It's just, uh, something that I, that I've, I've kind of been paying attention to. And I, I think it's cool. I, I certainly think that more high end brands will start doing this if for no other reason, then it like helps with cash flow. Yeah. Right? Like you're basically like I said, you're basically allowing a customer to be a wholesale customer except for they're paying they're still full paying price. you full price. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I mean from a from a brand perspective I feel like there's 
many things about it that that makes sense. Well, your girl Bodie is front and center on the men's section. She is. She is. Um, and that you know, I, I'm not speaking from experience yet, but her trunk show here on Moda is certainly the one that that I I have opened in a tab and have ah. looked through the collection many times, <laughs> being like, man. This is interesting. This is yeah. pretty, pretty interesting. <laughs> Are you watching Curb? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't gotten a pretty, pretty good yet. but no, uh, but, but it's I, been great. I'm hopeful. Um, yeah, uh, J.E., John Elliott, The Lookbook. Beautiful. Some interesting stuff here. Not a full showing like, like we already mentioned. I don't love how he put everything on weird backgrounds. Yeah, it is odd. I kind of, you know, like Engineered Garments, for example, has, has done... The, just like the the models wearing the the fit the the outfits and then they've basically like done like the little cutout thing and put it on a solid colored background. I'm into that. That's like fun and and all this. This 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 method has made it difficult to see some of the details in the clothes. A lot of the pants blend right into the background. And why are the heads and the feet cut off? Yeah. One of jo- one one of John's things that he does best as far as styling is like his shoes. Like he always finds like obscure, obscure Nikes and great socks to like mm-hmm. pair with his outfit with the uh, with the looks. I'm not sure why they cut off the shoes. Maybe they weren't ready. Weird move. Maybe they weren't. Um, yeah, and but you you, uh, you I think you had a couple standout things. There were For the, sure. there are the fish scale kind of rainbow Ooh, trout shorts. Man, those are beautiful. Which are pretty sweet. Very cool print. I always worry about the fit on his shorts mm-hmm. because, again, the models are usually like six one, six two. Yeah, so those are the th- those look to me to be the he's doing like two versions of a basketball short right now. One that he calls a game short, one that he calls a practice short. Yeah. So I I I tried a pair of the practice shorts. I ended up not not liking the print as much as I thought I would. So long? I sent them back. What were they long? No. So the fit's really nice. Ah. You would you'd be in the fit. So the the game shorts are the the shorter version. Practice is shorter. Ah, yeah. Okay. Game is the one that has more of like the banding mm-hmm. and the trim and looks more like a like a basketball like a like a team basketball yeah. shirt. Okay. Yeah. These are dope. Yeah, there it's are a co- look uh, look number twenty one if you're counting. There are a couple of jackets in there. There's like an olive Ooh, one with man. with several pockets that's good. Um, you know you know we're team pockets over here, and then there is a kind of like a raw denim jacket that zips which i think is really cool too very cool reminds me of i think i showed you from a i think it was fear of god fifth collection maybe it was fourth but he he kind of had like this big raw denim jacket had like four pockets on it that zipped it did it seemed very it seemed very cumbersome and huge and huge and then it's raw denim yeah. So it's like, how do you break that in if it's huge and like not not small and kind of like close <laughs> to your body? So, and so it was like, you know, it was cool looking, but not really sure about the follow through there. This actually, this seems like the, you know, the working man's version of uh-huh. that of that piece. <laughs> so I'm into that, um, but but worth checking out and, and seeing what's yeah what's coming down and the he, pipeline from from old John. There. He posted something um, recently about how the rider jacket and and leather has always been and will continue to be not the cornerstone of everything that he does, but will always be present, Yeah, which I think is very cool. Yeah, they apparently brought on like a guy or a team of some sort to rework their entire leather program 
They seem very excited about that. Uh, Man, they, don't get they, rid of the rider yet. Not, no, not well, no, no, that, that's that. No, I'm saying that from what they've been saying, their leather program is about to be, yeah, like, like bomb, bomb ass, bomb ass shit. <laughs> Hey, I think that the the but one I, from two years I know, ago. I know bomb. that's what I'm saying. Like they, they, what they are saying is, despite their success and how well received their yeah. their previous leather styles have been, now they are very, very excited about their capabilities and about what they are putting out leather wise. I see. Yeah. So you got to wait for the next iteration of the riders. Is, is what I'm saying here. Well, I like you know? the, I like the iteration that I'll never get. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, someday, someday, someday soon. Um, yeah, man, that's uh, it's about up. It's about that's about all I got for for wrapping up Paris Fashion Week. Honestly, I I I combed through many street style shots. There just wasn't a lot to pull from no, this year. It was really kind of all over the place. I I, you know, I, I like to try to trend spot, but. You know, I don't know if it's just a symptom of what we mentioned earlier, where it's like just like all influencing everything, and it's just this one big like, you know, kind of mishmash of stuff right now, or if it's just the ongoing problem with everybody at Paris Fashion Week attempting to peacock their ass off so that they get photographed. I, I think that in that's street it. style, I think, that and that's so it just creates like this like weird, you know. Wear everything in your closet. Wear everything. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It, it's 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 the Joey from Friends Balenciaga meme all yeah. over again when I when I look through the street style shots. They've got it all on, baby. The only one that that just thinking back to, towards uh, to them. You, you you know you know familiar with Luca Sabat? Yeah. He had his hair is awesome. Mm-hmm. His dreads are super super dope, and he had on a fit that was just like a very you know a bomber with a lot of patches fitted him really well. And his t-shirt was like Justin Thoreau style tailored, mm-hmm. whereas like cut like one inch below his jeans waistline. Yeah. He's you know, got so good there was stuff. no extra room on that t-shirt. He's got good. And stuff. so I, th- I thought that was, that was kind of, that's opposite of a lot of what you, of what you're seeing with like the more boxier relaxed fit kind of tees out there. Yeah. So for him to come through with like that super short tailored version was cool. And then he had like aviators, like kind of the ones we talked about with the weekend for your New Year's Eve fit, like light yellow, light blue tint. You know, you could see straight through them. And then like a dirty ass trucker hat. It was it was a cool look, and felt felt like individual style, not like he was attempting to yeah. get on the street style blogs, which makes sense for a guy like Lucas Sabat that doesn't need to be photographed for street style blogs. Was he smoking a heater? Uh, probably. If he wasn't, got a he had one deck. nearby. That's yeah. for sure. Um, yeah, that's, that's, man, that's about all I got. There was, uh, follow us on the gram Wait, at Club Cool Pod. We can't go yet. We have to talk we'll about, We'll post some um, stuff. Goldberg. Oh, yeah. Woohoo! Goldberg from Mighty Ducks. Man, he's, um, he's having a rough, a rough I, go. I, yeah. I, I don't want to make fun of him because there is clearly something really bad happening there. Yeah, it's meth. That's what's happening. <laughs> but it's, but... The fact that you can look like that as a child and then look like that when you're 40, whew, that it, yeah. He is having a rough go. Rough times. Very, very rough times. But, um, it's the would, opposite of a glow up. Hey, woo. Yeah, if, you, <laughs> if you have a little Google time, go ahead and type in um, 
What's what his was, real name? What is his he's name? He's the goalie. Sean Weiss. What was his name? Goldberg? Goldberg. Was, yeah, Goldberg. yeah, Greg Goldberg in the Mighty Ducks. He's now 40 years old. Oh, God, I feel bad for that dude. He's homeless, and he is on some meth. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And has been. For quite some time, I would, <laughs> oh, I would imagine. Man, hoping he comes out of that. Um, you can follow me, at Barrett Dudley. Today I did a poll about whether I should cut my hair or not. I've got a- I contributed. I've got, you did. I think you voted for keep it. Yeah. The results are, are they most, mostly votes for keep it. 65 to 35 right yeah. now. But my appointment is booked for tomorrow. What? At lunch. And to tell you the truth, I don't really know what's going to happen. Man. Yeah. You're tripping if you cut it. I don't think I'm going to cut it Clean short, it. short yet. Clean it up. But I, I, I don't know. Uh, you know, it looks. I, it's one of the. It's one of those styles where I can make it look good for a photo, but wearing it around on a daily basis and like is is a different story. Because are you refusing to put it up in just like some sort of bun? No, or- I'll do that. I, I I do that. But then I think. But I think that makes me look old. Ah, uh, I think it brings out the. Uh, I also think that you probably tried to get your hair to look like Brad Pitt's after the Oscars or after the Golden Globes. And you what? couldn't get it to stay, and now you're out on it. <laughs> I'm definitely gonna, at the very least, I'm having a conversation with my stylist tomorrow. <laughs> we got, we got to have yeah, a chat. He's just gonna sell you a bunch of product. <laughs> she, 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 and no, she's very good about that. Okay, I tell her what I have and what I what I've been using, and she makes recommendations based on the Aveda product available, mm-hmm. but does not make me go buy the or does not make me buy the Aveda version. Good. In in shop at the you know at right the right then and there, she 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 gets it. She yeah. the, the the haircuts are they're not inexpensive enough to where she should feel comfortable like also being like yeah, hey course. also buy forty dollars worth of products right. There's no need for it if yeah. you're at that range. Um, so you know that's what I got going. You can you can follow along at Barrett Dudley Phil, um, at Peepa Tag on Instagram. Yeah. So wait a second before we go. Yeah yeah yeah. Moda. Moda Operandi. Operandi. Go check this shit out. I'm, I've been scrolling through this thing since you brought it up. The Bodie collection mm-hmm. is strong. I mean, incredible. Everything on here. Yeah. Uh, I, now, yeah, it's not no, cheap, though. No. The The only reason, honestly, I, the, I didn't, we didn't run through the Bodie collection because I didn't have much else to add except for tight. Like It looks great, dude. And I've, I feel like I've really made my, I've tried to articulate the the nerve that Bodie taps for me and it, and it, and it's kind of hard to do. I, I think what, what I'm, what I'm rounding in on is that as fashion moves into the 2020s, I think maybe like what's, what some people out there are valuing and what I'm gra- grasping from this is the, is more of, you want more value in the cost of high-end goods that you can touch and feel and see and understand. Mm. So if I if if I buy, if I buy something that's expensive from you know, let's just use the old brand name fashion houses, right? Gucci, Louis Vuitton, mm-hmm. Prada, I I know that like half of what I'm buying there is brand name and marketing. 100% and so with this kind of new version of luxury that I think Bodhi kind of epitomizes the best, but some other brands are, are kind of doing as well, 
is like this is like this is handiwork that you can see and you can feel and you you understand and not only does it feel strangely wearable but it also feels like something that a lot of work and craft went into i agree so it's 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 also just it looks different it's unique it's some it's stuff that it's stuff that we're not used to like having pushed down our throats right and one thing i'll say is that this is by no means in the same uh they don't look the same per se but they're similar i think that if you wanted like a lot of this bodhi stuff i mean it starts at 500, 500 bucks, bucks. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so you can go half of that and get something from double rl that is different it's extremely high quality mm-hmm. and is not is not in your face like a lot of those big fashion houses like you're talking about but double, double rl yeah. brings something very nice to the table that well, is somewhat similar to some and, of these. and i yeah and i think that I think that while not exactly in the same wheelhouse, that I, I, that's part of the gravitation towards Capital and Visphone yeah. and Double RL and the kind of Japanese Americana Americana heritage stuff is that you you it like it's almost it's almost high end in its um, kind of like rudimentary nature. Yeah, the fact that you can see seams and that like pockets are just like applied in in non-discreet places places that are not hidden or discreet you know like Mm -hmm. there's there's it's it's these are brands that are showing their work basically it's it's visual representation of like the make Mm -hmm. if you will and so the i that's that's one of the things that i think people are are responding to and it that that kind of plays into like feeling like you're getting bang for your buck yeah so something unique. That's what yeah. everybody's looking for anyway. All right. That's uh that's gonna wrap it up today for Club Cool. Thank you, Phil. Thank you, Barrett. Um this has been this has been a good pod. Enjoyed it. Thank you, Kobe. Th- R.I.P. Kobe. Thank R. you, Kobe, Kobe, for for all the memories. Um we'll be throwing stuff in, in trash baskets for the rest of your uh, for, the, for the rest of our lives, yelling your name and uh and we thank you for that. And uh, make sure to tune in next week where the Circling Back Boys are going to come on and talk skiing with me. And we'll see you then. Bye-bye. Welcome to the club.